0: Welcome to Overlooked, a podcast produced by Tunuka Media. My name is Yemi, and I will be your host for the show. Released weekly, I share Overlooked stories from around the world with you. This will include the good, the bad, the weird, and sometimes the absolutely hilarious. Come back often, share with your friends, and feel free to add the podcast to your regular podcast rotation, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also connect on social media. Just search for Tunuka Media. That is T-U-N-U-K-A Media. If you learn something new, kindly support the show. Give Overlooked a like or a high rating. This would really help the show grow and get more people like you to learn something new. Finally, if you come across stories or articles that you think should be featured here, please don't hesitate to share them. Now, it's time for this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Overlooked. In this week's episode, I have some juicy, juicy stories for you, so let's dive right in. According to court papers, the former Prime Minister of Lesotho, Thomas Tabin, and his wife allegedly paid a criminal gang to execute his estranged wife. The police commissioner of Lesotho, Paseka Mokete, said in an affidavit that the former prime minister ordered a hit on Lipolelo Tabane to allow his current wife, Mezaya, to become the first lady. Lipolelo Tabane was subsequently fatally shot by gunmen near her home in the capital of Maseru in June 2017. Just before her death, she was negotiating a divorce from Tabane. The court documents state that the prime minister and his wife allegedly met with the head of a gang and promised them $177,000 and jobs in return for the hit. Masaya, his current wife, has been charged with Lipolelo's murder and the attempted murder of another woman who was with the former first lady when she was killed. Tabane stepped down from office in May 2020 following months of pressure from his party to resign over his alleged involvement in the case. He has not yet been charged despite attempts by police to prosecute him. His lawyers have argued that he has immunity because of his position. The police commissioner has said that Tabane will now be charged with murder now that he is no longer in power. Chinese President Xi Jinping has promised to cancel the interest-free debt owed by some African countries that were due at the end of 2020. This means that the Chinese would be giving some countries on the continent more time to repay their loans. President Xi Jinping has also announced that this is a way to help the continent during the COVID-19 pandemic. The announcement was made in President Xi's address to prominent leaders in the Framework for the Forum on China-African Corporation, otherwise known as FOCAC. The debt suspension is being extended to countries that are hardest hit by the coronavirus and are under heavy financial stress. The Chinese president announced that China will work with the global community to provide better support by various means to help them tide over the current difficulty. Some African leaders at the forum include South African President Siluru Ramaphosa, Kenya's Uhuru Kanyeta, Senegal's Macky Sal, and Ethiopian Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed. This move was necessitated by an initial call for debt relief by some African countries from international creditors. However, reports say that a Chinese newspaper Global Times has indicated that preferential loans, such as those by the Export-Import Bank of China, are not applicable for debt relief. China happens to be Africa's biggest lender with debts worth more than 150 billion US dollars The COVID-19 outbreak has made it very difficult to pay back, as the pandemic has crippled economic activities in African countries. The move positions China in a significant spot for the fight in Africa's resources. It also raises the fear of the so-called death trap diplomacy between China and some countries, particularly in Africa. A video filmed by a migrant in the reception center of Chiavolotta, which shows a police officer slapping a Tunisian migrant and forcing others to slap each other as punishment for trying to escape from a migrant reception center in Sicily, has gone viral and sparked controversy in Italy. The police officer was immediately suspended from service by the chief of the Italian police and Cecilia Baravelli, the prosecutor in the city of Agrigento, located in southern Sicily, has put the policeman under investigation. The policeman's name has not been released by the authorities. In the video, the policeman shouts at the migrant, slaps him in the face and tells him, you are a guest and you have to respect the law. Then the policeman turns to five more migrants, all coming from Tunisia and tells him, if you really are men. Now get on your knees and slap each other. Show me you have learned the lesson. The policeman's actions have been condemned by representatives from all political parties except for the anti migrants league party which has sided with him. As always, the links to the videos and references will be on the blog and in the show notes. The French Pacific Island Territory of New Caledonia will hold a referendum on independence from France on October 4th. According to the French government, the referendum was moved a month later from the original date of September 6th due to the coronavirus pandemic. New Caledonia is a remote island territory in the southwest Pacific of about 270,000 inhabitants. It has been a French territory since the year 1853... It is located about 2,000 kilometers, or 1,242 miles, east of Australia and about 18,000 kilometers, or 11,184 miles, from mainland France. The majority of New Caledonia's population is made up of indigenous Melanesians, known locally as Kanaks, which represent 39% of the population, and people from European origin known as Calducci, which represents 27% of the population. The French brokered a reconciliation between the Canucks and the Calduches in the 1980s after violent clashes. A landmark 1988 deal between France and opponents and supporters of independence gave the islands more autonomy and attempted to rebalance wealth and share out political power. The deal also said that there could be up to three votes on independence until the year 2022. In the previous referendum held in 2018, just under 57% voted for the status quo. Should voters again reject independence this year, another referendum can be called by New Caledonia's Congress within the next two years. In Bulgaria, two senior officers from the General Directorate Combating Organized Crime, or GDCOC, and an interior ministry official were arrested during a special operation on thursday june 25th the head of the gdcoc was arrested while taking bribes the arrest was announced by attorney general ivan geshev in an emergency briefing with interior minister mladen Marinov. the attorney general said that investigations continue in many locations and homes The case involves an organized crime group associated with bribery operating as an umbrella for drug trafficking and selling even outside Bulgaria. Interior Minister Mladen Marinov has instructed the General Directorate Combating Organized Crime to take control and will propose changes to its structure. He described what happened as unpleasant. The Grand Ethiopian Renaissance Dam or GERD is said to be Africa's largest hydroelectric project and has been a source of tension in the Nile Basin ever since Ethiopia broke ground on the dam in 2011. Ethiopia has now said that it is on track to begin filling the mega dam on the Blue Nile River, but promised to resolve the ongoing disagreement with its downstream neighbors, Egypt and Sudan. The biggest sticking points concerns how to operate the dam during periods of drought and how to resolve disputes. Egypt is almost entirely dependent on the now for freshwater supplies needed for different purposes, such as drinking, household uses, agriculture, fishing, water transportation, tourism, and electricity generation. Egypt is therefore anxious to secure a legally binding deal that would guarantee minimum flows and a mechanism for resolving disputes before the, stu- before the dam starts to operate. Furthermore, in a letter to the U.N. Security Council, Sudan warned that the lives of millions would be endangered if Ethiopia moved ahead with a plan before an agreement was reached. Ethiopia has been wary about the role of outside parties such as the United Nations or United States in arbitrating and resolving the issues raised. Prime Minister Abiy's office has said African issues must be given African solutions. The leaders of all three countries spoke Friday on a call convened by South African President Cyril Ramaphosa, who is the current chair of the African Union. The African Union has said in a statement that 90% of the issues with the tripartite negotiations between Egypt, Ethiopia and Sudan have already been resolved, and called on the countries to refrain from making any statements or taking any action that may jeopardize or complicate the EU-led process aimed at finding an acceptable solution on all outstanding matters. Ethiopia appears to remain undeterred from starting to fill the 74 billion cubic meter reservoir when the rainy season begins in July, regardless of if a deal is reached or not. Ethiopia says that the project is indispensable for its development and insists that downstream countries' water supplies will remain unaffected. The Nile runs through 11 countries. Ethiopia contributes about 85% of the Nile water flowing to Sudan and Egypt. When completed, the dam will have installed capacity to generate 6,000 megawatts of electricity to relieve Ethiopia's acute energy shortage and also export to Sudan and possibly Egypt. I originally heard about this story a few years ago and was quite puzzled when I saw a news article with an update. So after sitting undisturbed for more than 10 years, a treasure chest holding gold nuggets and precious gems has been found in the Rocky Mountains. The box was hidden by millionaire Ardila Forrest Fen. His only clues included a map and a poem. After countless quests, the search is over. Fenn wrote that the treasure has been found in a statement to a blog run by Dan Neetzel for discussions among Fenn treasure seekers. In his statement, he said that it was under a canopy of stars in the lush, forested vegetation of the Rocky Mountains and had not been moved from the spot where he hid it for more than 10 years. He did not know who found it, but the poem in the book had led the treasure hunter to the precise spot. The successful seeker has not come forward, but Fenn confirmed the find by photograph. The search for Fenn's hidden treasure became a sensation, luring tens of thousands of people to try and decipher the clues and embark on what they hoped would be a life-altering hike in the wilderness. But for years after the first clues appeared in Fen's self-published book, The thrill of the chase, no one could find the right spot. So, for all my fan treasure hunters out there, the search is over. Now you can just hike for hiking's sake. (laughs) Anyway, hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for your time and have yourselves a great week. Listening friends as a reminder the podcast is released weekly subscribe or follow across social media to be notified when a new episode is released overlooked is a tunuka media production which also includes shows like africa in my kitchen with more on the way follow tunuka media on instagram youtube facebook and twitter to connect to say hi or to be on the forefront of upcoming shows and program schedules until next time i'm your host yemi wishing you a better tomorrow.